back? Yeah, we're live. Good morning, it's hour three. I was bugging Perry, the sales guy. Everything cool? What are you guys talking about? I was stealing a login for something. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know I know. I know what was going on now. <laughs> well, it was funny because <laughs> Tyler is usually my first, hey, we're going to log into this, we have a membership to this, and then you're, you're well, you and him are one and one A. And then it's like, well, I better check with Perry. We really, you know what? It's interesting you say that. We need to pull our resources more. Yeah, and we should have on one of these walls, like, all of our logins for right. different things that sure. we might need. Um, Yeah. I, yo, I think you just made a fact. Um, All right, so do you want to follow up on these softball takes real quick before we hit the top five stories of the day? Uh, someone asked who, who medically retired. Riley Pogue did. Last year, so that was a scholarship that they uh, that was still on the roster that as they, of last that season, they got. right? So that Riley had, um, gosh, who else had? It's not come, um, coming to the top of my head. They had the the girl that came to campus this last year and you know, it just didn't work out. Kinsey Donahue transferred out. You've had Tria Coleman transfer out, and then you had your yeah. So there's my nine. You had your five. Um, Donahue went to Tennessee. Donahue went to Tennessee. Are they on the schedule next year? I don't know yet. I would imagine they would be. We I feel like we play Tennessee every single year. That'd be so. fun. Anyway, there there was in that, so nine out, nine in is essentially I think what what she was kind of laying out. So, uh, and my numbers may be off, and I'm sure uh, oh you believe her fifty six might might have a an, an updated number, but I'm just going by what she told us yesterday at the Sooners helping Sooners luncheon. Um, it is. It is fascinating to think about the amount of talent that's coming into this team. And not just the four freshmen that they have signed, but the four transfers uh, that are got four, five freshmen that are whatever, whatever that number is right yeah. now. And they're loaded. Um, in fact, we kind of joked. I'm like, hey, you know, 2022, people are talking about it being the greatest team ever. You know, she goes, yeah, let's keep an eye on 23. And that's how we ended the whole thing. Oh, man. So um, with the concerns uh, to hit these one by one, how is it shaping up? There is going to be a challenge to make sure that you keep everyone happy. I mean, it really, truly is. We talked about this in depth yesterday on the show. Um, it's it's not going to be easy because there are some ballers that they brought in. Right? You think about um, you think about Sophia Nugent. She's a baller. She wants to play. You think about Quincy Lilio. She was the one of the offensive MVPs of the Florida Gulf Coast League that last year Riley Boone went and played in. Um, Hannah Core is outstanding defensively and working on becoming a better hitter. And you heard Coach talking about what she's done this offseason. You're going to have to fight and scratch and claw to to keep them happy. That's that's the challenge. You don't want to see any more of them going out the door. And that will be true in 2023, but that's been true right. in 2021 and in 2022. That's sort of one of the prices you pay for greatness to a degree is okay you're going to to some degree right not be able to keep everybody happy yeah. right i mean that's just kind of the nature of the beast or you're going to fight that a little bit that's going to be one of the battles that you deal with is just okay how do i manage all of these personalities super talented personalities and look uh, i don't think that's new I don't think that's foreign to Oklahoma. They've been dealing with that. I think I think she said eight 
it was eight. It wasn't seven or nine. It was eight. Four signees, four transfers. So they they've lost eight. They're bringing eight in. I, and again, it was off the cuff when we were doing this yesterday because the four signees that are coming in uh, include number one, number one, and Kirsten Deal, who's the top pitcher and top prospect in the country, and you know this standout Jocelyn Erickson, who it looks like she can play just about anywhere. She's a lefty power hitter. Obviously, I'm pretty partial to S.J. Guerin because uh, I went to college with her parents. But I will say, I think Avery Hodge has a chance to play a lot. Oh, really? Yeah. There was, you know, we don't talk much about her whenever we bring up the newcomers. But Coach seemed to beam a little bit when we were talking about Avery Hodge. And I hope, I hope for those that were there, we hit every single angle that you wanted to. You know, Coach and I, we do this – thankfully a lot right where she gets asked to talk and, and I get a chance to interview her and she's so good in those she doesn't need me there I mean she really doesn't need me there I'm just I get to go for the free uh the free meal and to get to see a lot of great people like coach Pettibone and Jay O'Neill and of course seeing coach Stoops there uh hearing Finley Felix talk about how Sooners helping Sooners had helped them find a job I got lucky just to even be a part of it but yeah they they've got they've got some talent man thank you thank you Stephen B.A. Alex Waitman um, transferred to OSU from OU, so good for good for yeah. And I was right, nine in, nine out because Waitman is the player that did not work out, and she's going to OSU. Gotcha. If if Waitman works out at OSU, and I hope she does because I've heard great things about her, it will be one of the greatest comeback stories we may have ever seen in the history of ever. Based on <laughs> how it started here, yeah, it, it might go down as something. Books will be written books and movies eight eight in and nine out thank you oh you believer that's Let's a make... schnellenberger reference right. over there, Pierce. do you do you know who our schnellenberger is pierce no okay not a clue <laughs> you really don't know who that is not All a right, clue Pierce. not even a guess all right uh let's oh, hit the top that's five. epic isn't it <laughs> let's hit the top five stories of the day it's brought to you by newcastle casino newcastle casino has the best reels in the metro they offer earn 20, get 20 Tuesdays and Thursdays from 10A to 10P, and you can place your bets in the OTB at Newcastle Casino. All right, let's go. Big story number five. Number five. I hope that answered all the questions on softball. Why? You do know I could sit here and talk softball all day long, right, if necessary? Boy, someone tagged me and tried to get me in trouble last night whenever I was talking about softball on the show yesterday. Oh, yeah? Not not like in a bad way. I mean, it, it was just someone who was fired up when we were talking about, you know, pointing a finger at um, uh, the, the In the Circle podcast. Yes. And they tagged Elo. I was like, ugh. But I, think, I don't think Elo is mad. At well, least he hasn't look, me, hey, but... you, you have opinions and – there might be disagreement with some of those opinions. It's okay. Yeah. We, lo- we love Elo. Wait, wait. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Taylor Horner just hit us up on Twitter. Big story number five. This ties into the All-Star game because last night during the All-Star game, uh, Little Big League was airing on the MLB Network. Very important thing you guys need to know. Taylor writes, my favorite little Easter egg from the movie, uh, from that movie is the Luke Collins jersey hanging in Roger Dorn's office in Major League Back to the Minors. Well, I know what I'm going to watch today because I want to see the Luke Collins jersey hanging in Roger Dorn's office in Major League Back to the Minors. Major League Back to the Minors. By the way, what an awful movie. Show show context. 
Uh, we're talking about Little Big League because for some reason that was on the MLB network last night instead of some sort of all-star game programming to get you juice. No, no, no. While the game's going on, here's Little Big League. Uh, and and Luke Collins is the first baseman for the Twins who has a relationship with the manager's wife. Oh, I'm sorry. Mom. <laughs> Let's just move on. Big story number five, all-star game last night. I thought it was fun. It kind of led to all the baseball conversation on the show today. And the American League won again. Ninth straight win for the American League. By Nine in a row. Of three to two. I thought all the mic'd up stuff was was really fun. Uh, I thought the the shots of John Carlos Stanton's bat hitting the ball where the ball almost looks like it disappears into the bat is pretty incredible. Uh, and and then of course, for those of you who like the play-by-play side of things, we uh, we did get this bomb very early on from Giancarlo, courtesy. I think this is courtesy of the ESPN radio broadcast. Go two, swing and a high fly ball drilled. Forget it. Way back out into left center field, and that is gone. Oh my goodness, he crushed it. Giancarlo Stanton deep into the pavilion in left center field. Now, did you happen to catch in all the excitement of the All-Star game, the National League winning and all the mic'd up stuff, the pregame cringy interview with Giancarlo Stanton? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. Um, I'm sorry, sorry, not what am I saying? Aaron Judge? Aaron Judge. I, I knew what you, you meant, yes. I, I've been getting all of my Yankees slash uh, frustrated Dodgers confused. So, fair yeah. or foul? All right, play, play, play the audience. Let's, let's decide together. Okay, pre-game, Aaron Judge on the field. He has a son named Jacob who came up the other day really upset from his school in Astoria. He just came up and he's like, are you telling me that Aaron Judge may not be a Yankee after this year? What do you have to tell to Jacob right there and tell your fans that want you to remain in a Yankee uniform? (laughs) I wasn't going to put you on the spot. We're on live TV. Yeah, no, Jacob, buddy. you know, we got a lot of the great Yankees on this team. You know, there are a lot of great Yankees. Be here for a long time, you know, so don't don't get hey, don't be upset. Don't be upset. Hopefully you'll be a judge fan for life. Come on. Oh boy. You you Pierce, you've got a pretty strong You are studying journalism right now, too. Studying. Studying. What is studying? You are studying. You've been studying very much. Right. What's that's not right, what she just did to him. Definitely not. I don't have a problem with it. You I, like it? I well, I'm not gonna say I like it, <laughs> but it doesn't bother me. Okay. You you get it, it on, like me. okay. Yeah. So who who does she work for? Did she say? Again? I have no I thought, idea. So this it might was be, the ESPN broadcast. Was it okay? okay. Yeah, so I think she's an ESPN. Reporter. Well, she's probably a rook trying to make maybe, the mark. Maybe. It's like maybe well, if I get a great quote here from Judge, who knows? <laughs> I got two problems with it. Okay. One. On the field of the All-Star game is not the time to ask that kind of question. This is supposed Agreed. to be a fun weekend. You could do this after the game or, or anything like that, but this is supposed to be like a lighthearted broadcast, that kind of thing. You're putting them on the spot. Then she says, I, I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but you did. <laughs> exactly. I didn't Sorry want to put you on the that. spot, but I actually did. Yeah, that part, I, I agree. Also, I'll agree with that. I, also, I didn't like that part. The morality of bringing a, a, a kid's – uh, opinion like how sad he is about it like just ask him if he's gonna be a yankee next year you don't gotta make this kid feel bad way, either i i think the the best so uh listen aaron judge before you go a little johnny over here um you know he's he's got he's not going well he's got to go see the doctor tomorrow 
Are you, are you going to be – he wants to know. Are he you, wants to know before he, you know, decides whether or not to continue with the treatment, are you going to be a Yankee? He, he was asking, you know, before – What are we doing, lady? Before this treatment, he was wanting to know, like, do you heart New York? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, anyway, all-star game. We got a day off from baseball today, and then we'll get back after it on Thursday. Baseball not messing around. I got to say I appreciate it. All right, big story – Number four. Number four. Um, so we do have an arrest update. Yeah, <laughs> because and it's, a, it's a big one, right? For SEC media days. Yeah, uh, Texas A and M senior wide receiver Aeneas Smith, who had been scheduled to appear at SEC media days tomorrow, was arrested on charges of DWI, unlawful carrying of a weapon. And a marijuana possession charge. Now it was less than two ounces, so. But Smith was booked into Brazos County Jail after his arrest by AM police. He had posted bail in the amount of $8,000, according to the police report and probable cause statement obtained by the Houston Chronicle. Smith was arrested after he was stopped for speeding just after 2 a.m. Police then found a rolled joint of marijuana and a gun with a magazine full and a round chambered during See, that, a search of the car. That's the important one right there, the the weapon. What do we, what do we think is going to happen? One Smith, game suspension? Smith and a passenger in the car both denied ownership of the gun or the marijuana. Team captain in 2021 led the team in receptions, touchdowns, second on the team in receiving yards. But he was arrested. He was arrested. He's the second prominent A&M receiver to be arrested during the offseason. Demond Demas. Demas? 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 Was arrested on an assault family violence charge and removed from the team before he entered the transfer portal. Well, some positive news. I know we've got a lot of Aggies in our listenership out there. Good news is uh, you don't play anybody until the third week of this football season. Who do they – well, you got their schedule. What is it? Sam Houston to open, App State week two, and then uh, versus Miami. Okay. I don't want any App State disrespect. They're all right sometimes. (laughs) Just because it's – Come on. Because that one damn win. Oh, by the way, Michigan. Do you – I just – I forgot about this. You know a historical side note to that Michigan-Appalachian State game? Isn't that like the biggest upset? Right. It's the largest upset as far as point spread ever. Also, the very first game ever on the Big Ten Network. Really? Yeah, I, I, brilliant. What a first way all, to kick it, it off. It shows you how long the Big Ten Network has been around, number one. But number two, yeah, Do you first think, ever game on the Big Ten Network. You think like the brass of the Big Ten was like, as that game kept going along, they're like, high five. This is unbelievable. This is great. <laughs> the first game ever. Yeah. Uh, all right. Big story number three. Number three. So – we had we've talked about this a little bit, but not maybe as in depth as I'm sure some other stations have, because our focus is on you know mostly the Sooners in college football. But uh, Barry Trammell threw a nice little asterisk into the negotiations involving a new stadium for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Did I say stadium? Arena. Arena. So. According to the report this morning, the conversations have been taking place about a new arena for well over a decade. 
which is kind of wild because it's been under wraps. Right. How old is the Paycom Center? Yeah, it's not that old. Um, but I think we went through this the other day, right? Ninety-seven, I think, was the was the first year. For this. Which, in the lifespan of now in arena, is according to you know those that uh, are in the business of having oh, new sorry. arenas built. Twenty years old. Two thousand two was its first year. Sorry. And twenty is about right. Plank. We discussed this the other day, where people start thinking about, all right, it's time for a new one, or that's lifespan's over. Twenty twenty-five. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so it's time to. I mean, we need to get in there and bulldoze that thing. Yeah, get rid of it. Let's build something new. But it'd be the perfect spot for a, uh, you know, I, there's some hockey teams around here that would like a new location. In 2007, writes Barry. I'm reading directly from your article, Barry. So if I don't know, I'm, I'm trying to be a capital J journal. But if you can find it, if you go to newsok.com, subscribe. Barry's articles are amazing. Just real quick. Um, there had been conversations, I guess this goes back as late as maybe 2007 or as early as 2007, in April of 2007. Gosh, that's crazy. Bennett was haggling with Seattle for a new arena. Oklahoma won the Thunder here 15 years ago. And even before the Sonics became the Thunder, Bennett told the Oklahoman the Ford Center was never – that the Ford Center never was going to be – Venerable, never going to turn into Wrigley Field. The arena had been built for $80 million, constructed with the hopes of landing a hockey franchise, and even with a $100 million renovation after the Thunder's arrival, the Ford Center was always going to be a subpar NBA arena. So 15 years ago, these conversations had started. Mick Cornett was the mayor. Started the conversations, then four mayors, by the way, in that span. So Bennett and Cornette told the Oklahoma in 2007 a new building would eventually be necessary. So we're sitting here talking about this in 2022, and some people are a bit outraged. And listen, the Air Comfort Solutions text line blows up every time we bring this up because, ah, oh, we should be more worried about potholes and road construction and things of that well, nature. And, and I get it. You're not gonna you're not gonna build a Thunder Arena if we're not getting an OU basketball arena. Right, right, arena. exactly. But yeah, good good find by Barry this morning, man. That's why he's the best. But yeah, they they had made it very clear that we shouldn't be shocked by this. These conversations started when this team came here in two thousand. A decade and a yeah. half ago. Right, and 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 we should add, who's to say where we would be right now if Seattle just would have said okay, Clay Bennett will build you a new arena and not drag their feet. And then what did it take for them to finally build a new arena, losing their team? Yeah, well, I think I think under that scenario, you probably have a National Hockey League team here. Oh, yeah, you might be right. Maybe the NHL would have come. Instead of the Seattle Kraken, well, the Oklahoma City. The Vegas Golden Knights before that. I don't know, though, dude. I think the Vegas – I think they did expansion just to get a team in Vegas <laughs> more than – because it's been a home run for yeah. them, right? But you never know. All right, big story number two. Number two. Uh, Big story number two, SEC, ACC Media Days. Listen, we're going to table big story two because I have stuff from SEC Media Days, uh, and and I've got the Jim Phillips audio we're going to share when he talks about the grant of rights. His opening statement was like 30 minutes long. Thanks to uh, Lane Kiffin for giving us the Big Brother speech uh, yesterday. 
Oh, Oklahoma and Texas, you don't know what you're in yeah, for in the Southeastern Conference. And then Mike Leach was like completely the other way. He's like, yeah, it's going to become more of a challenge. He's like, whoa, did Mike Leach not get the talking points? But uh, I'm gonna, And I do want to play Jim Phillips a little bit, not his whole 20-minute opening statement, but the ACC commissioner did not necessarily invoke confidence, I think, among his member institutions. Will you please just find and play the most awkward portion of it? That's really what I'm trying to Boy, hear. It's Boy, it's a one-hour presser, so we could <laughs> – why the hell was he talking for an hour? I don't know. But talking for an hour and not really answering anything. So that's after the break. But big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. So as we mentioned, Mike Leach did have something to say about Oklahoma and Texas A&M coming to the SEC. Here's what Mike Leach had to say yesterday. Competition level raised. You know. Oh, hold on. Let me start that from the beginning. I think the competition level raised, you know, from my standpoint, and I get asked that, especially from the Texas and the Oklahoma people, from their standpoint, I think it's going to change things quite dramatically. Yeah. And speaking of that, we had a little news from Joe Castiglione yesterday, right, Josh? We did have some news from Joe Castiglione, who was – down at the Texas High School Coaches Association Conference in San Antonio. And, of course, he was asked, hey, Oklahoma, Texas, when is the exit happening? When are you going to wind up in the SEC? And Joe Castiglione said, quote, look, I know people are asking a lot of those questions, and it's fair. There's a lot changing around us. If that facilitates a conversation that needs to take place about an earlier departure, then it does. But I've said it very consistently. I know my counterpart at Texas, Chris Del Conte, said the same thing, as have our presidents, that we informed the conference that we would leave after 25, and we plan on fulfilling our obligations and do the honorable thing, hmm. end quote. Hmm. That doesn't necessarily lead you to believe that this thing is happening sooner than 25, but we'll see. Del Conte, quote, we're in the Big 12. We're going to honor our commitments. Those things are all premature, end quote. Mm. Wah, wah, wah. Quick break. Top five stories today brought to you by Newcastle Casino here in Hour 3, which is presented by Ruth Tech of Oklahoma, locally owned and operated for 30 years. That's it. On the uh, same, sorry. That's interesting that they're both on the same wavelength. It's almost like you know they've talked about this. Yeah, it, it kind of, <laughs> kind of jogs your memory and takes you back to last summer mm. when they had the yeah. exact same announcements and statements. All right, quick break. Let's uh, let's get the best from Jim Phillips next on the Home Sooner Fans. I'll show it to you the next break. You cannot judge me, okay? No, yeah, it's okay. I watch Instagram reels like I know, right? I need to be on TikTok. That's what my son says. Every single time I talk about Instagram reels, I watch them way too much. Look, here's the deal. Go ahead. There's very few things over there that you can watch (laughs) that's trash enough for me to have any sort of judgment. You're looking at someone that legitimately has enjoyed watching Tim and Eric's billion dollar movie, okay? (laughs) So if if I can say that, then look, I, I don't. I don't really have a right to judge anybody I've for gotta. any of their media consumption. Here's my knock, by the way, real quick on Tubi. Every single time I start lining up, I'm like, oh, I want to watch this. It's it's getting ready to be taken off of the – I know. So you, I, I they, have they, to watch they, it. They sucker you in to watching these movies because it's like, well, it's going to be have gone soon. Why do you guys pay for Tubi? I it's feel free. Like every, no, 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 oh, no, no, no. It's oh, free. Yeah, it's free. It's absolutely oh, free. Yeah. No, we're not. We're not. This t- whole time, exactly. I've been Listen, listening. I don't know. I've never checked out Tubi, and I hear you guys talk about how trash all the stuff on yeah, it is, and I'm like, terrible. why are they paying Tubi? Tubi pays us, right? Exactly. You would think <laughs> I have some this. endorsement with them. It's. I watch. I started the, the documentaries on there are so hilariously bad. 
Uh, I don't even know. It, it's the Gigi Allen one I watched. The guy who produced it literally is like an Emmy Award winning director now. And that was his his college project. And somehow it ends up on Tubi. And I'm like, what What are we doing right now? I know we got to get to the SEC. Oh, Jim Phillips, sorry. Yeah, SEC, ACC media it is. But D.B. Cooper, I heard you and T-Row going back and forth about this a little yeah, bit. Yeah, my wife's in on it now, too. Okay, can you cliff notes for me? Like, don't spoil me anything, but uh, – Oh, it's there's nothing to spoil. There's been no end. Okay, like, nobody well, knows. Like that. Yeah, it's an unsolved – It's it's – Honestly, you love unsolved mysteries. Dude, let me tell you something. I so right now I'm Netflix. I'm not a, not a big Netflix guy, right? Because I'm sports guy. Go watch sports. But on Netflix, they have this series on DB Cooper. And the thing that's that's really cool about DB Cooper is it's un, unsolved. The thing that sucks about it is everyone who's ever listened to a podcast thinks they're an investigator now. So. There's a little part of it that, honestly, we've got, I think there's four episodes. We've got through two episodes so far. Are they like an hour long? Yeah, yeah, about 45 minutes to an hour. And I, I mean, I, there, there's some people in it that I'm just like, gosh, why are we talking to this guy? <laughs> like, he's standing at a gate. He's like, why are you hiding that you're D.B. Cooper? And this guy, he's like trying to put his boat in the water. It's like we could have shrunk it down right. 10 minutes an episode. But again, that's part of the allure of this story is this is one of the greatest outlaws of all time, and we just we don't know. And there's a lot of people that have varying thoughts, and they you know, want to comment on it or whatever. And so, and basically you get all these people that come together and there's, I'm a, I'm a DB Cooper enthusiast. Okay. I've, if there's a conspiracy theory on them, I've read it and it's, and it's kind of a good refresher because there's only so much room up in my brain. So sometimes I'll forget about things. Then all of a sudden on the Netflix thing, you're like, Oh, that's right. Forgot about that guy. And that guy, this guy, DB Cooper. And then they had this podcast. And and podcast. Spe- speaking of that, by the way, it, it's also still funny to me when I see anyone smoking a cigarette, you know, in an airplane, which is apparently what he was doing. So check it out. Search D.B. Cooper on Netflix. It's not one of those things where you search it and it's like D.B. Cooper and then you click on it and there's nothing there, like half of Netflix. But it's – it's, and I think it's one they're advertising like crazy. So Yeah, oh, yeah. It's worth your time. Jim Phillips, commissioner of the ACC, spoke moments ago about the future of the uh, Atlantic Coast Conference. Andrea Adelson of ESPN got the first question. And she asked, I think, the most important question. Where is your confidence level that the ACC is in a good spot going forward, knowing knowing that the real estate is starting to uptick just a little bit around you? Andrew, I want to maybe level set it. Right, the last 20 minutes, I think you got a sprinkling about where the ACC is nationally. By the way, it was not 20 minutes. It was a 30-minute opening statement. Anyway, go ahead. All metrics. We are one of the leaders in the country in all of those areas I talked about, except the revenue piece of it. And that's been brought to light with the recent move of USC and UCLA to the Big Ten. A year ago, we were talking about the same thing. And so, truly, over the last 18 months, it's been my primary focus. We were able to get distribution done. We have some other things coming forward relative to what we're going to do in partnership with some revenue consultants that I'm really excited about being able to release that maybe by the end of the month. We're looking at our TV contract. We're in engagement daily, I would just say almost daily, with our, fo- with, uh, with our partners at ESPN. And I openly talk about ESPN because we are 50-50 partners on our network. And so they're motivated, we're motivated, 
and we've come together to to have some discussions about what would be the next iteration for for the uh, ACC. Doesn't mean we're going to make a move. Doesn't mean we're not going to make a move. But all options are on the table. Revenue is certainly one piece and a really big piece as we move forward. But I will say it again. We need all communities healthy. And I, I mean, when you think about where we're at right now, we're, we're probably in the gated community as one of five. Maybe, maybe, you know, people have a different line of demarcation about who's in there. It, it really doesn't take away from we're going to continue to try to find new ways to generate revenue for our conference. There you go. Yeah, they're in the gated community, but I got news for you. The uh, electronic fence doesn't work anymore. Your little Just drive right in. Your entryway is a little bit more challenged. I, We could probably go piece by piece and break that down, but at least there is the acknowledgement that they're not where they need to be. And it, it might be like the, yeah, no bleep, buddy. You're not where you need to be revenue-wise, but I – we I, we need to just clip that part. The, the best thing about all of that was, you know, life in the ACC is great, except for revenue. <laughs> it's like, I thought he was going to stop right there. I was like, oh, my God. Well, and, and if he would have stopped there, we would have been like, dude. But then he, at least give him credit, he addressed the pink elephant in the room. Um, I, I just, it's funny for me thinking about this in the life sense, right? Think about it in life. You go to your you go to your job, you love your job. You go home, you love your home. Cars running good, air conditioning works. But it's just the revenue side of it. <laughs> you know, it's just it's it's the reality that the ACC is having the same problems that we're all having right now. It's like, "Oh man, everything's going good in life, but you're know, just not making enough money." Is essentially what he's saying. Let me see what the follow-up here was real quick from uh from Jim Phillips. Luke here we go. This, this is the next question. He's having problems finding the person. There you go. Can you grab the mic? Hand up, please. Thank you. Very uncomfortable. Waiting. God, get it over to Luke. Get Luke the microphone. Luke, run over there. I really have this queued up much better. Raleigh News and Observer. Just wanted to backtrack a little bit on the CFP stuff. This is um, good. You had said initially that there was basically too much going on in the NCAA world, the world of college sports, to consider that proposal. With the change in leadership eventually atop the NCAA, are you prepared to, to sort of disconnect those things now and pursue CFP expansion unrelated to sort of transformation? Because it seems like those things are going to move on different timetables. We're making progress, Luke, with the Transformation Committee, and I think you're going to see something at the end of August. Um, that's pretty substantial with more work to be done. I think these things are w walking along together, Luke, along with a new NCA president. I don't expect us in September when we get together to line up and announce a, a new CFP structure. I think we've made great progress over our last two meetings, both in April and in June, and everybody's motivated to come together. So I don't, I don't know that there's a separation now with those things. We'll, we'll see. Um, but I think the health and safety, the 365-day calendar review, I mean, we've talked about access, automatic qualifiers. I, I mean, th there's a lot of things to discuss. But those things, again, Luke, I would tell you, I, I do not think have really separated that much. 
So let me translate that real quick. He needs another 365-day review. Here, he, I forgot how much I dislike him because of that original quote. Right. The, the thing is, the ACC, when they stood up against playoff expansion with the Alliance, and by the way, you want to know what eventually we get to here, and I thought that was it. I apologize. They support conference playoff expansion. <laughs> now suddenly he comes out and is like, yeah, the playoff needs to expand, which is interesting because you didn't feel that way, you know, 30, 40, 50 days ago. No, when they got hoodwinked by right. the guy that went in, you know, raided the other, right. you know, You're port of, portion of the alliance. But Jim Phillips had always attempted to use this as an opportunity to address other problems with the NCAA. As well, you know, let's hold off on this until we fix these other things. Yeah, no, it's not happening. <laughs> but it is fantastic to see this dude stumble and stammer around. And I mean that in you know, pure love. Because he just doesn't have answers. Peace and love. Peace and love. Dude doesn't have answers. He's in a terrible position. Which is why he was, I think he filibustered for 20 minutes in the opening statement. Because he wanted, more than anything else, to be able to... Not open. answer questions. Yeah, not a, listen, um, I've gone over my allotted time here. So, thank you guys. Um, we'll talk to you later. And I mean, here come the coaches and the bands. <laughs> All right, quick break. When we come back, let your text next from the Air Comfort Solutions text line on The Plank Show. Back with you. It's the Plank Show. Final hour. Plank fielding phone calls trying to get things situated, I do believe, with his air conditioning situation, which I haven't asked him about this morning. I don't know if he's gotten it fixed yeah, or not. Yeah, we'll figure that when he gets back. He didn't He didn't update us on his sleeping situation last night like he did yesterday. So that could be a good that sign. Could, it could work. I know that he's now all of a sudden in the market to purchase a new vehicle for his wife, so that could be something that's happening over there. Either way, it gives us a chance to hit up the text line with you. Before we do that real quick, I was going to ask you, how do you feel about all these OU guys going to the Royals? I love it, yeah. I feel like every time I look up at it, who? how many uh, Squires went, Sandlin, who else? Yeah. There's at least three. There was one other Oklahoma Sooner that – is going to the Kansas City Royals. I forget off the top of my head. Sandlin, I'm pretty juiced about. That could be very exciting. I was back here talking to Connor. Just the amount of Sooners that got drafted and even picked up is crazy to me. Like we talked, 11. We talked about how young this team was this year. Think about how young it's going to be next year when we got to fill all these spots up. Chaz Martinez. Chaz Martinez. That's right. You got three great guys going to your organization. That'll be exciting to watch. Them going through the forest systems like that. Hopefully, the Royals don't ruin them like they do most things. But easy now. But yes, <laughs> indeed, yes. We we hope that doesn't happen. Air Comfort Solutions text line four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. Dallas Bill. Yes, ESPN is motivated to keep the price where it is for the ACC. So he wasn't wrong in that aspect. Yeah, I mean, obviously. ESPN wants to keep that price right where it's at. I mean, maybe – I don't know. I mean, it really just kind of depends on sort of what the power brokers that be at ESPN want. There's a chance that they do want this thing to wind up with two mega super conferences, and then basically you just cut off the fat, and all of these other leagues that you're paying some of this money to, you say, all right, uh – Thanks, Kansas State and Kansas and everybody else out there. 
See you later. We, we don't need you as much anymore. Thank you, North Carolina State. Goodbye. And in order to make that happen, you don't help the ACC out. You don't rework this deal. You keep the you keep fanning the flames, right? Yeah. You steal you steal their only good players to come to your preferred conference. Clemson, and then, Florida State, exactly. Virginia, North Carolina, whatever. I guess I didn't think of it that way. It's just like ESPN could want this all to just like yes. could be like just driving this to happen. Fox I guess too. I didn't think of it that way. Yeah, they're both kind of hoping they can poach off all these other guys, the big money makers from all these other conferences. And then not and then just not even waste any money on right, these not extend teams that with, don't matter. Not extend with these yeah. other uh, other programs that they don't care to, to televise. Or you've got a grant of rights that you've signed right with these ACC schools or Pac-12 schools that would get picked off, Big 12 schools, and guess what you can do? You say, well, eh, there's no Oregon and Washington anymore. There's no Clemson, Florida State, Miami. And what do you do, Pierce? You go back and you say, <laughs> you say, yeah, we're not going to go ahead and be paying you this amount anymore. And all of a sudden, you've got something that even minus a Clemson, a Florida State, Miami, or whoever, right? Oregon, Washington, Big 12 teams. If uh, at some point you get to a point where it's 20, 22, 24 teams in a Big 10, and all of a sudden Kansas is not a part, or Oklahoma State or Baylor's not a part of the Big 12, then whatever's left over, <laughs> radically reduced rate for whatever you're paying to, to broadcast that. So I, I do think ESPN's not going to be Sorry. in any sort of a hurry to go ahead and renegotiate what they're paying to the ACC. But, again, it kind of depends on, what, like, what's the motivation there for ESPN Do you think they want, Fox? like, a two-super – like, what is ESPN's, like, ideal situation, like, coming out of conference realignment? That's, I, I that's no the idea. question. Do, do they want two super team leagues, or are they cool with where things are at right now? Because there is a scenario, again, to where you can kind of have everything in one place, and then – Basically, you stop paying these other leagues to televise them. Did you bring up the Royals in the middle of this when I walked out of the studio? I did. Oh, yeah, we I did. did. <laughs> Just kind of an update on. I say, Mike in Springfield said that's what the Royals do. They ruin young, promising, and upcoming pit, uh, pitchers. We we're talking about how three uh, OU guys went to the Royals. Uh oh. Uh oh. That's not good. Tommy says there's many worse teams than the Royals you can go to. I, I will say this. You're talking about the the future of conferences and kind of reacting to Jim Phillips. Right? Yeah. You know, and I think there is motivation for ESPN. This is what Pierce and I were just talking about. I think there's motivation for ESPN to kind of not renegotiate that yeah. and just keep fanning the flames. Absolutely. If, if they want super conferences. That's right. That's right. I don't – but here's the thing. Um, the new – we're looking at the new – SEC ESPN contract, right? I mean, I just want to lay eyes on that real quick. The new SEC ESPN deal that goes into effect in 2024 spans a decade. So, and we believe that's going to be the same as the Big Ten deal. Because again, I know everyone's like, well, that's what the Big Ten did that was so smart before and they made a short-term deal. Yeah, the TV networks aren't going to do a short-term deal with you, okay? You're not going to get that kind this of This go-around? Right. This go-around, they'll be like, no, a 10-year deal. And I think that's what you're going to be looking at whenever we're talking about uh, the Big Ten and everyone else. So, it, it, anyway, to your point, we don't know what the ultimate goal is for ESPN, right? It, it, or Fox. And I think that's an important question, or NBC or any of these TV companies. 
We got to take a final TO. We do. I'm sorry. Uh, we've. This has been, just so you guys know on the personal side, this has been the week of emergencies in the Planks household. But all is well. We're good now. My daughter broke her wrist running. She fell. Our air conditioning unit went out and immediately went to needed to be replaced. And this morning my wife is like, I think there's one of our pipes that's bent outside. Oh, no. So we're, no. we're, we're, we're working on it. Thanks to the crew over at uh, – a Spartan pool and patio. Let's get the things done. Last thing I need to go home and see all this water Ugh. just spewing from from our pool. It's Plank Show. We'll wrap it up next. So this is going to be the fastest, quickest final segment ever. Welcome back. See you guys, see you guys tomorrow. tomorrow. We're going to be at Caven's, I believe tomorrow. Tomorrow's Thursday, right? Caven's tomorrow. Uh, yeah. That's not but right. Josh and I were, we got a plan for Fridays. We're going to have football Fridays, which we are, what's the number there? You're Computer's block. 45 days. And how many hours? Seven hours, one minute, and 56, 55 seconds, Mark. We are, uh, and then of course, you take away six days from that, seven days from that for the start of the actual college football season. So, you know, we're 30, 39 days away. 39. From the start of the college football season. And That's I basically think, a month. I think technically 38 because. That, oh, this is Wednesday. Never mind. I was going to say the season starts on a Friday. I keep when is that Monday. Dublin game? Saturday, Northwestern in, in Nebraska. So it is that Saturday God, afternoon. That's going to be great. Northwestern sucked last year, as did Nebraska. And it's going to be so sweet to see the Cornhuskers and Casey Thompson somehow lose to those buzzers. Twelve and a half point favorite is Nebraska right now. But on Fridays leading up, we're going to hit over-under win totals for every single conference. And we're going to start this Friday. What do we decide? With the SEC, right? We're throwing haymakers to start Let's this do it, baby. Off. So, anyway, we'll start getting ready for our football Fridays a little early. Why not? We're counting down to the season. Uh, for Pierce, for Josh, I'm Plank. Show never stops on Twitter at Josh on Ref, at Plank Show, at K Ref Sports. Steel Man at Thune at Nooner next. This has been the Plank Show.